Green. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Tuesday morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you streaming in early this year on Birds 365. You got Magamac, McMullen, and McDonald here to hang with you for the next couple hours and a couple of good Eagle Reporter guests coming your way. Uh, Johnny Mac, I'm going to let you pick today because for me, there are three uh, certainly noteworthy and, and discussion worthy. Uh, topics uh, from uh, the last 22 hours when when last we spoke. So I'll tell, let you tell me which one you would prefer to start with. Uh, the loss of the irreplaceable Zach Pascal, <laughs> the uh, social media alert that a specific potential draft pick was in the city of Philadelphia yesterday. Uh, whether he met with the Eagles or worked out with the Eagles, still to be determined. But as per his Instagram, he was spending quality time in Philly. Uh, and or the backstory to C.J. Gardner-Johnson leaving the Philadelphia Eagles in his first foray with the media in Detroit, which would you prefer to start with? Well, what about Justin Evans? No, just kidding. Uh, it... it, it, it... For that, yeah, I, w- I would go with CJ first for, for a couple reasons. One, I thought he did a great job in his introductory press conference from Detroit's perspective, obviously. Um, I don't know why people get so worked up when he said Detroit was more talented than they the did. Super Bowl team. I, you know, what he's trying to do is obviously ingratiate himself in his new city. I don't think he's sitting Which, there. Oh, by the way, and I apologize for interrupting. They eat that up here in Philadelphia. Oh, Anytime yeah. a new athlete comes in oh, and yeah. talks glowingly of Philadelphia, oh, my God, they move immediately to the top of the favorite player list. So yeah. you're right, and it's a little hypocritical. If a team is like, hey, talk to us when you take the field, and then they say something about the you, – you can get a, uh, an attitude about it. Not here in Philadelphia because they love that stuff. And Bryce Harper, when he came to town, he couldn't suck up fast enough to Philadelphia. Yeah. Well, the he pander in chief. Yeah, they love it. They love it. you got to be – you know, I always got poor Denell Pumphrey wearing his Dodgers jersey, getting killed. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, come on. 
I don't think CJ's watching film breaking down uh, the the full Detroit Lions. Although that's a pretty good football team. I yeah, you know, I mentioned last year Dallas Goddard said that was the best team we played. Now that was before the playoffs, before the Chiefs, obviously. But he said that was the best team we played, and he said I, I don't care what anybody says. I I I said it on this show. It's a it's a talented group, and I think they're ready to take the next step to win that division. Uh, this upcoming year, because I think Minnesota Green Bay have taken a step back. I think Chicago is still a ways away. I think it's their division. But, I mean, come on. Yeah, he's just ingratiating himself to his new town. Um, and I, like I said, I thought he did a great job. I, You know, we talked, uh, you know, maybe he learned something from this process and the fact that, look, people can say the Eagles disrespected him all they want. And maybe that's true. But there are 31 other teams, and they disrespected him as well because he didn't get a contract anywhere else that he thought he was getting. Um, so, you know, when you're in that type of situation, you got to look in the mirror and say, all right, what am I doing wrong? And, and I thought he was great, and he was talking about leadership, and he was talking about talking less and doing more and all, and all the right things. Um, and he's a good player. And it's a, a good signing for Detroit. So I think it was all positive uh, from CJ's standpoint as far as an introductory press conference. But yeah, for those people up, said, come on. It, 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 it happens all the time. You know, <laughs> that's what you do when you go to a new city. And no, they're not more talented than the Eagles Super Bowl team, which was the most talented team in the NFL. And you could see it because they lost 10 stinking players in free agency, and they're probably still the best team in the NFC. So that tells you uh, where the Eagles are. Although, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Dallas in that rearview mirror, man. I, I like some of the things. I know our buddy Tommy Lawler said yesterday, and he's probably right, Mike, Mike McCarthy will screw it up, but. On the field, they look pretty good. And there's a lot of talk about Bobby Wagner and where Bobby Wagner's going to go. And if the Eagles can talk Bobby Wagner into a, a, a you know, chasing a ring, what if the Cowboys can do it? You know, Seattle wants him back. Um, yeah, that's going to be a name to keep an eye on. Yeah, uh, probably uh, one of the two or three most talented free agents still left out in the market. Uh, the other thing about the C.J. Gardner-Johnson aftermath, which did bother me a little bit, the uh, annoyance level with his representation because they leaked out some of the details of the negotiation they had with the Eagles and how dare they and they'll never sign another player with the Philadelphia Eagles when you do something like that. Please. Both sides are re very ready, willing, and able to leak when they believe the leak will help them. And in this, I don't know that it helped them at all because the deal was already done with uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. So his representation decided to let off a little bit steam, maybe cover their guy in case he was going to say something uh, in his introductory press conference. It wasn't going to come off well. And I, like you, thought he handled it, it quite well. But if the details are correct, and I saw them reported by Jim Trotter at the NFL Network. By the way, can I just jump in, Jody? I don't think they're correct. Um, you think Jim Trotter got bad information? You think that C.J. Johnson's uh, representation are making stuff up? No, I don't think they're making stuff up, and I couldn't confirm it. And by the way, it's not just Jim Trotter. The Inquirer put it in their story. 
But I'll just say from what they put on Twitter, which was obviously an innocuous trying to comp. Uh, and I asked Kevin Connors, the agent, and, and he hasn't gotten back to me because I'm not Jim Trotter. Maybe he has gotten back to Jim. But I will say this. I've never seen the Eagles do a deal like that. I mean, backloaded. I, I think he was trying to educate fans about real money versus fake money in contracts. Not necessarily that was the Eagles contract. And if it was, and anybody out there, please tell me, I have never seen an Eagles contract structured like that with 17 million in the third year. Never in my life. Everything's front loaded because you got to get the player signed. Then you have the years on the back end, the voidable years to spread out the cap hit. I have never seen an Eagles contract like that. And if anybody out there, because, you know, I'm getting old, please, you know, correct me and, and point to one like that because that's not how they do business. So that's number one. Number two, what you just talked about, that both sides leak for, you know, different reasons. Sure. Absolutely correct. Guess who Justin Evans' agent is, who who the Eagles signed yesterday? Kevin Connor. Okay. Who was C.J. Gardner-Johnson's agent. Uh, yeah, there's no bad blood. There's no – not that, obviously, Justin's not getting a big deal. It's probably for the veteran minimum. But if you were despised and were appalled about what Kevin Connor – you ain't doing business with him the, the same day, basically. But what was, uh, the time, what was the timing on it? Do you think that the deal got done first or that the leakage of – at least the way you're saying interpreted offer that the Eagles put out there um, could, could well, one have gotten done I mean, before the other. I, I mean, if, first of all, people are saying Kevin should be fired in this. Kevin's been an agent for over 20 years. I mean, it's not like this is his first you know, rodeo. Uh, he's been doing it for a long time. Uh, not, but the tweet was weird. And we're in a social media world. I tried, like I said, I tried to get confirmation. What I think he was trying to do is say, look, you don't understand the difference between real money. And believe me, I go through this every day. I understand his pain. Uh, a lot of fans don't realize that we saw it with Slay. The Slay's deal is still not out, and there's a reason. There's a reason for that. It's not going to look like it was reported, and everybody, oh, we got him for three years. No, you didn't. You might have him for one year. Wait and see. We're probably going to have a, a, a roster bonus on the third day of the new league year next year, and the Eagles can either uh, give it to him if he plays really well or decline it. That's my guess. That's my guess, Jody. Mm -hmm. make it clear. Uh, so that's just speculation. We're going to see where it is. So my 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 thought behind it was because I have never seen, and again, I say this again, I have never seen the Eagles structure a contract like that in my entire life. It doesn't make any sense. So my assumption is Kevin was trying to explain to people, look, this is the difference between real money and fake money in NFL contracts. And he put it on Twitter, which he probably shouldn't have done. That part of it is. And for whatever reason, and look, I could be wrong, but it would be the first contract the Eagles have ever done like that, to my knowledge. Have you? Can you remember one, Jody? No, I, I can't, but I'm trying to figure out if it wasn't the way, if it read incorrectly, 
that it's got to be based on on some facts because, as you say, the agent's been around too long. He knows that it could come back and bite him in the butt if he's just making stuff up. So it's got to be based on something. Is it purely the guaranteed money in the deal? Uh, I, I think the, the first two years he's talking about the guaranteed money, and then the last year is yeah, guaranteed. Because I so. think essentially they offered a three-year deal for twenty-four million, but he uh, he then you know they're not backloading seventeen million on the third year. Um, it's just not the way. And by the way, it's not just the Eagles. I mean, I I I don't know anybody who does things like that to, to good players because you have to sign them. And what's the most important thing, the fully guaranteed money up front, that's what gets them to sign. And then you spread that out with extra years, voidable years, however you want to do it. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say this, if that was the actual contract, well, the Eagles didn't want CJ Gardner Johnson right. at all. Exactly. And, that I've been told from day one that no, 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 we want him back. We want him back. We want him back. We want him back. So if you want him back, um, that's not the contract you offer. So, you know, I always talk about Howie and contingencies. The original plan was CJ and Slay. The original plan was to get two of their three defensive backs back. And, and Slay wasn't a free agent, but because of his cap number, something had to be done. This cap mm -hmm. number is 26.1 million. So the original plan was CJ and Slay, because they didn't think they could get Bradbury back, to be blunt. Then they found out that Bradbury was willing to take a little bit less, and it became Bradbury and CJ. Still at that point, and that's why Slay was out the door, and his wife and he uh, tweeted that they were leaving. Um. And then all of a sudden they got Slay to change his mind and it became Bradbury and Slay and then CJ was out. So that's what I was told uh, uh, pretty consistently. They budgeted for two of those three players um, and things changed when Bradbury was willing to come back. And so it, it complicated things a little bit. But they always wanted CJ back. Not at that exorbitant number. I You remember, Jody... I said they want they weren't paying him what Mar what they were going to pay Marcus Williams. I said that consistently. They think Marcus is a better player. They weren't going that high. I didn't know how high they were going to be. I thought it would be ten or eleven. Turns out they were eight or nine. Right. Um. Yeah. I mean, so it, 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 if that was real, yeah, they didn't even want the player. So why do all this lip service? So, and uh, as you stated with Slay, the contract details haven't come out yet. At some point, they will. We're never going to get the details on what the offer actual was and what the structure of it was, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, because it's now water under the bridge. He's not here. There isn't a contract to be gotten through the Players Association or whatever. So it will continue to be speculation. It sounded weird to me, but I did read into that that they – there was a number they were going to, and they weren't going past it for C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Oh, that, yeah. That's and, 100%. And it was less than you, me, and a lot of others. You know, it's not look good, and I love the website. I got it punched up right now on my computer to look up what I need. Spotrack. Because they not only are a good place to be able to go look up contracts, but prior to free agency, they stepped out on a limb and projected what 
a probable deal will be for players in free agency this year. They miss a lot of guys. Uh, they they had a lot of guys overestimated at what kind of deal they'd go, be able to get. Well, on the I, open I, I will say this in their defense, and I'll, I'll say our buddy Brad Spielberger, who been trying to get on the show, but he's a big star now. So, you know, we got to we got to work around his uh, busy his schedule. schedule. And we'll get, he'll come out. Yeah, you know, Brad will come out with his. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm being serious. And I'm, I'm happy. For, and, and a small part, I think we've, we've contributed. He's doing a phenomenal job. Um, he he's tremendous at, at valuations and he got CJ wrong. Everybody got CJ wrong. Everybody, everybody outside the NFL got CJ Gardner Johnson wrong. I, you know what I compare it to? I compare it to a draft guy who, who has some medical issue that we don't know about. And everybody, all the draft people have them as a top, you know, 15 pick and he falls to the second or third round because of this medical issue that nobody knows about because they can't know about everybody outside every NFL building got the CJ Gardner Johnson valuation valuation wrong, not evaluation valuation. Why? Well, people don't like it. Uh, I got killed for it. Um, CJ even intimated it himself. Uh, there, there are a lot of issues, a lot of concerns about, um, you know, Roman Harper, one of his former teammates was talking about it. Um, this guy rubs people the wrong way at times. I, that, that's, you know, don't shoot the messenger, um, which everybody does. In the same conversation, when I was explaining this about CJ, I talked about the leadership of Darius Slay, the leadership of Brandon Graham, two guys who have giant personalities themselves, but they're positive personalities and they and they rub off on a positive way. But you know how people are, Jody. They go down one road. We know what that road is. The proof is in the pudding. He did not get the contract offer he was expecting. And there aren't 32 teams colluding. Right to Against hold down CJ Gardner, Gardner Johnson. Johnson's paycheck. No, that that didn't happen. No, so take it for what it is. But he's got a chance to get right back on the market. He did everything right in that opening press conference. He's a really good player, and if it was just about play on the field, he would have gotten a ten million dollars. But by the way, he wouldn't have gotten Marcus Williams' money. He wouldn't have gotten Jesse Bates' money. Um. He's not that type of player, but he's a very, he's a good player and he should have gotten more money and he took the right route, to be honest, take the prove a deal, get back on the market and say, I did it again. And now I've become this leader. I've done all the right things in Detroit. And then the contract is going to be there. And he ingratiates himself with his new town by saying he thinks they may have a more talented roster than the Eagles. <laughs> well, that's and, silly. And, there, there's correcting the course, and then there's going over course in the other direction, which was a little bit of an overstatement. But that's hey. Uh, the only thing that bumps me out is that the Lions and Eagles aren't playing during the regular season. They may be playing come January because both John and I are looking at them as potential playoff teams, uh, but they are not scheduled to play this upcoming year, unlike last year when they played the first game of the season. All right, he's McMullen. I'm McDonald. 
we've got two good guests coming your way a little later on the show. Special Ed. That would be Ed Kratz of uh, Sports Illustrated is going to jump in. But coming up next, Andrew DiCecco from uh, InsideTheBirds.com. We'll get his thoughts on CJDJ, the sleigh restructure, all the comings and goings. A lot of guys have gone out the door. Some key players have been retained. We'll talk Birds offseason with Andrew DiCecco next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. McDonald and John McDuff, Mellon Mackamack here on Birds 365. We add a third informed voice from inside the birds.com. Uh, one of their key contributors, Andrew DiCecco, joins us here on Birds 365. Andrew, how's the offseason going for you, bud? <laughs> Pretty hectic, Jody, just like it is for you guys as well, but certainly eventful, and we're just getting started. Yeah, we are. Uh, it, it, this team's amazing. 
Andrew. Uh, always on the front page or back page if you're an old school <laughs> newspaper reader. Uh, the sports section. Um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the latest. I guess you can throw Zach Pascal as well in there. Ten uh, players, seven starters, three uh, key reserves. We all knew this was coming, the attrition, Andrew, but how bad is it? How 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 much a, of a hit has this team taken so far? Well, I think all things considered, John, that Howie's done a masterful job in prioritizing who he's going to keep and doing some you know savvy maneuvering with the roster. Obviously, you're going to take some hits, but I think if you're going to lose – a few players, you look at a Marcus Epps, good player. Is he a great player? No. Or can you find another Marcus Epps? You may have that in Reed Blankenship, um, an adequate replacement there. And you look at TJ Edwards, that's a great story development. But you know how the Eagles feel about linebackers, and I think that you might be able to find one uh, later in the draft perhaps. There's a couple players there that could fit at pick 94 or further down. Um, and you can you also I know that they really like Christian Ellis. I mean, I'm not suggesting that he could be a starter, but they do have options, and that's not a position they particularly uh, value that much. So I wasn't surprised necessarily to see TJ go. Maybe at that price point it was a little surprising. But uh, Gardner Johnson to me, guys, was a player that I really went into the offseason thinking that was the guy they're going to try to keep in house at all costs. Obviously, they tried to. It didn't work out for a multitude of reasons, but. Not at all cost, though, Andrew. They were very disciplined. <laughs> well, uh, absolutely. And, you know, to, to dig a little bit further into that, John, when you look at it, I mean, obviously they made an attempt to do it, but this is a player who greatly overvalued himself on the open market and, and cost himself. Initially. And obviously that all, the, the stuff on Twitter and things like that, uh, that all comes with it. And I don't necessarily know if you're the Eagles, you want to tie into that kind of long-term commitment for a player who is good, not an elite player like he envisioned himself. And, you know, do you want to do you want to be a babysitter? Do you want to worry about what this player could potentially be? Should they start losing or things like that? It could create more problems than necessarily what, what he's worth. All right. But let me follow up on that, because John brought this up a couple of times and I'm not saying it's inaccurate. I'm just saying I don't see how the uh, the pieces are adding up. If you think the guy's an issue, a problem child, a big personality, to use mm-hmm. John's favorite phrase, and you might not want to deal with that. Why do you give him a three-year, $24 million offer? If if you believe that you're going to be able to handle him and keep him in check and coach him up and get him to toe the line a little bit better, either you give him the offer or don't give him the offer. Is this different than, like, a guy who coming up to the draft has got a medical question that you ask and you, you can drop him down and say, we'll take him as a steal? Or some teams take guys just off the board and say, we wouldn't take him no matter what. I guess CJ's big personality wasn't that bad that the Eagles weren't willing to make an offer on him. Well, I think it's how you ultimately how you structure the deal, right? I mean, there are certain parameters where you can do it, where you can get out of it if it's not working out. If you feel like you have a good veteran infrastructure in place that they can keep him in check. I mean, there have I mean, he caused a little bit of uh, initial friction when he first joined the team, John, as, as I'm sure you can attest to, where he had to buy in. And ultimately, once he did, it wasn't a problem. But then you wonder what it's going to be like should you start losing. You see the Jonathan Gannon comments, and you wonder if ultimately that's that's who he is. This is his third team in three years, and really, for being technical, it's his third team in seven months. So if you're a good, if you're a great player, you don't you don't necessarily you're not that elusive. Teams try to find a way to keep you and make it work. Um, the Eagles certainly tried to throw him a deal that I thought was pretty fair. 
Um, and, and obviously it didn't work out. But I think they probably could have made it work, but they could have structured it in a certain way where if it didn't, they could get out of it. Yeah, and and to to further your point, Jody, it wasn't that the Eagles didn't want him. They did want him. They did want him. And they already made that decision when they traded for him, and they knew some of the issues. And our buddy Marcus Hayes reported, you know, Denard Wilson was responsible for a lot of that sort of babysitting that Andrew said he's now out of the organization. But they wanted him at a certain price point, you know, the t- I think everybody, Andrew, overvalued outside NFL buildings. I think the big personality for CJ was a bigger hindrance with the other 31 teams because that's what you do in free agency, right? You get an offer from your team and you say, all right, they want to pay me $8 million a year, average annual value. What can you do? And the other teams say, well, we can't do that. We don't want to go down that road. We don't want to give you three years. I think from my standpoint, the issue was was a bigger deal with the other teams. And he ended up with an organization that has Dan Campbell, who's very familiar with them uh, from their time together in New Orleans. Aaron Glenn, very familiar with them um, for the same reason. And, and the only other talk I heard of, and if you heard of anything, uh, added, added in as well, Andrew, was, was Denver. And who's in Denver now? Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. You know, people who, who know him. And I think, think CJ's a good guy. But, you know, if you don't know him and he comes in with that brashness, it rubs people the wrong way. I don't, it's <laughs> yeah. common sense. Yeah, exactly, John. It's the fear of the unknown. Obviously, there's a lot of teams that don't necessarily want to swing the bat for, for to, to bring in a player like that, not knowing the ripple effect it may cause within the locker room. He's a certain type of personality, and you have to make sure that you have the veterans in place and, and the coaching staff in place that's willing to take that on and, and you know sort of be able to put out any potential fires. Let me ask you another secondary question because it doesn't come out on the free agent uh, breakdown. John mentioned the Eagles have lost 10, they've retained five, the ones they wanted to, the one they didn't, and we can evaluate and break it down. Well, Darius Slay was neither. He wasn't a free agent who they added or a free agent who they kept. He didn't get the free agent. He was a contract they renegotiated. And, oh, by the way, Howie Roseman played that one perfectly for the Eagles' position. Mm -hmm. But let me ask you about Darius's position because we've only known him here in Philadelphia when he's been good with his contract. When they got him, they redid the deal. That's why he got here, because Detroit wasn't willing to pay him what he wanted at the time. That's why he became an Eagle. Um, This seemed to be a deal that the Eagles positioned themselves in to get it to be advantageous for them. And Darius chose to bite down on it and take it and uh, go forward another year with them. But we've never seen him play under a contract that he might not be 100% happy with. I know he's really excited and proud and and lived up to the leadership role he got this year as a captain of the team. Should Eagle fans have any fear that he's either distracted because he's playing under a contract that he might not love and or that he could be a guy who's uh, just not as focused and might even have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder this year because the Eagles outmaneuvered he and his agent this offseason? Do you think that's a concern for the way Slate plays this year? 
Uh, distraction? No, I, I think if uh, I think if we've learned one thing for Dar from Darius Slave since he's been here in Philadelphia, I think he's been a quintessential pro. Uh, I think that the chip on the shoulder that you alluded to, Jody, could play into uh, could be a good thing, right? I, I mean, he's he's looking at it. If you're looking at it from his perspective, he's 32 years old. He may be perceived as losing a step. You see a lot. You see and read a lot of the things that are out there that maybe that second half of the season your play trailed off a little bit. You go out there wanting to prove, wanting to prove your worth, and that you're still a bona fide top ten corner in this league, which he is. And I, I think that uh, I, as far as it being a distraction, I, I don't see that at all. I think that uh, he's well, very well liked in that locker room. He's been a pro since he's been here. He wants to be here, which I think is a really important factor in this whole thing. And I think that uh, he doesn't take the captainship lightly. I think that he's going to be the player that we've seen probably the first half of last season. I would say. Uh, Andrew, I, I know you know how these things work. So yesterday, uh, Bijan Robinson uh, put something on Instagram that indicated he was in Philadelphia. Uh, there's not a lot of reasons for Bijan to be in Philadelphia other than visiting with the Eagles. So you can put two and two together. Um, I get up this morning. I open up my email. Sure enough, I got a sports book. They said me the Eagles' first-round draft pick odds, and uh, I'm not going to say the sports book because you should go to the Ocean Casino Resort, the Gallery Sports Bar. Uh, that's where you should be doing all your gambling. But nice. nonetheless, I will say the odds for the Eagles' first-round pick, and remember, they have two of them, but this is more for number 10 overall. Guess who number one is? Yes, Bijan Robinson. Wow. The, the Eagles are not taking a running back to no. 10 overall, are they? No, I could see them trading at, trading down from 10 and 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 maybe making that pick. But, I mean, I, I have a hard time envisioning the Eagles taking a running back in the first round, John, just based on history alone. Possibly number 30, maybe looking at a, at a Jamar Gibbs from, from Alabama. But, I mean, that's awfully rich considering all the other holes that they have on the roster and knowing the history of the general manager. Um, I mean, Bijan Robinson, the Eagles don't just throw away the, the teams in general don't throw away these top 30 visits. So obviously there's a lot of genuine interest there, I would imagine. But I mean, if you could you imagine what he would add to that offense? Well, that's what I was kind of going down. I mean, Andrew, if you look at where this team is and we'll, we'll, we'll kind of talk about the defense as well. I mean, they've suffered more attrition. You know, maybe they're thinking, well, we're going to have to outscore people. And we already got the quarterback. We got two great receivers. We got the tight end. We got the offensive line. You add a top, a real top tier potential running back to the mix. That's going to be tough to stop. And maybe you go about winning games differently. You win shootouts versus, you know, having the number two ranked defense, the number one ranked passing defense. Because somebody's got to play linebacker. Somebody's got to play safety. And I agree with you. They like Christian Ellis, but I don't think he, they want him to be the starting middle linebacker. Uh -uh. They just signed Justin Evans. I mean, he was a former second-round pick, but I don't think they want him starting at safety. No. Um, somebody's got to play those positions, and right now it's not looking good. So why not try to win a shootout and bring all the talent in on the offensive side of the football? Obviously, him playing devil's advocate but. no i mean i mean the the logic would make sense but I, I think that the eagles you know their their long-standing philosophy and fortifying the trenches to me would seem like the most logical 
uh, way to go there. Maybe you look at a Devin Witherspoon there at 10. But, I mean, the possibilities for, for you know, with Bijan Robinson in the backfield, I mean, he's an explosive three-down running back that completely alters the dimension of your offense and alleviates a lot of pressure from Jalen Hurts having to shoulder the load in the running game, the power running game particularly. But um, I, I think if they do address running back, I just don't see it being with B. John Robinson that high in the draft. All right. Since we're going down, the, they're going to need to win games 38-35 road. How about an upgrade at the third wide receiver position? Mm-hmm. They, they now actually need depth with Zach Pascal going out the door and Quez Watkins did not have a good year last year. How early will the Eagles address an upgrade at wide receiver this year uh, in the draft? It's a great question. Obviously, there's a couple. Uh, uh, there's a free agent option out there, Isaiah McKenzie, who you could probably have uh, at a low low cost deal. Really explosive, short player, short area quickness, good third receiver. But if they go the draft route, Jody. I would say, I mean, you could look at pick 30, maybe a Josh Downs from UNC. You look at pick 94 for me. I like a guy named Jaden Reed from Michigan State who offers punt return and kick return ability. And I think he is a good, he could be a good vertical slot as a rookie. Um, I think 90, pick 94 to me seems like a great spot because then after that, obviously there's going to be some draft maneuvering, but obviously after that, you don't want to rely on a seventh round pick to make that impact. Um, so I, 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 that, that to me, I, I would circle pick 94 as an ideal spot to grab one of those multifaceted receivers in the draft because you ideally would want to get one with some return upside uh, to have that going as well, maybe to push Britton Cubby in camp. Uh, I want to go back to safety uh, a little bit, Andrew. Um, the Eagles made it very clear. They signed Justin Evans. Uh, they made it very clear behind the scenes that they are not done at that position. They don't want to think they people – they don't want fans to think they signed Justin Evans to be a starter next to Reed Blankenship. That's not what went on yesterday. You saw it on um, Twitter, though. They said they, they can't. He can't be starting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Everybody jumps. Are you know? That's the plan. That's not the plan. They're going to add more bodies at the position, whether it comes uh, in free agency or the draft. But we'll start with free agency because. Safety is another position I find it, and especially this year, I find it very hard to believe they'd go safety in the first round. But there is some depth on the free agent market. Typically, when you're this deep, one of the reasons you heard a lot of, why sign Pletcher Cox and not CJ? Well, there's not a lot of defensive tackles out there. Um, John Johnson, Adrian Amos, Jalen Mills, Taylor Rapp. These are all starting level players in the NFL. They're still on the market. Of those guys, you do a lot of film work. Who do you think the best fit is for that Sean Desai, Jonathan Gannon, Big Fangio type scheme? It's a great question, John. So I, I've long liked uh, John Johnson's film. I, I think that he had a really good season last year in Cleveland. To me, I think the option that, and, and I've written about this, I think the option that I thought would be the most logical would be Adrian Amos. He was with Sean Desai in Chicago for four years when Desai was the defensive quality control coach. I think he's been a steady veteran throughout his career, good leadership, uh, someone who I think can mentor a young player and he because he's known for his, his leadership and he can also help sort of implement the size, you know, assuming it's the similar, you know, similar coverage styles and schemes can help implement that to the defensive backs. 
Uh, he's not really a splash play player. That's not his game, but he's a very steady presence back there. I think ideally you want you would want him complimenting a younger player. Um, Taylor Rapp's an interesting one. He he's, doesn't necessarily cover that well on the back end, but he's young. He's 25. I, I think that that would be uh, maybe an avenue to explore. Jalen Mills, we all know very well, but I don't view him as a starter. Obviously, you wouldn't want a Jalen Mills Reed blanket chip safety tandem. I think Jalen would be a good number three safety. Uh, and also give you some versatility, obviously, at corner. Uh, those would be some of the guys that I would look at as a free agent safety. All right. I want to uh, take you down the road of replacing another starter, and that would be on the offensive line with uh, Isaac Sayamalo going to the Steelers. Everyone seems to be just ready to plug in Cam Jurgens at right guard for the Eagles this year. And we just saw it happen with <laughs> Dickerson two years ago. He's going to be Kelsey's replacement. Oh, shoot, we need him at left tackle. Let's plug him in there. And by year two, he's on an all-pro level, which uh, get you got to give the credit to Jeff Stoutland and the Eagles for evaluating player with uh, flexibility. Are, are we guilty of over-expecting uh, this player to be able to step out of the center role and into the guard role just because we saw Dickerson do it as seamlessly as he did? Are we setting the bar for Cam Jurgens to be able to do basically everything Isaac Sayamalu did too much in year one as a starter? Not when you have Jeff Stoutland, Jody. I it's mean, all he, about uh, Stoutland when, University. When, huh? when they drafted Isaac Sayamalu, he was drafted to be a center, and he transitioned to guard pretty seamlessly. Yeah, we're Landon, on the seventeenth <laughs> era parent for Jason Kelsey. <laughs> Landon Dickerson transitioned seamlessly. Cam Jurgens was a player that I really liked coming out of the draft a couple of years ago. Obviously, he had uh, some injury concerns, but I thought <clears> that you know when you look at what he has from a skill set standpoint. Very flexible, very athletic, which is what they really like from their guards. Uh, teachable, smart player, um, and physical. I think he can play a physical brand if, uh, if they need him to. So I, I think that he could you know, step in there, and then who knows, next year I think he could be that center unless Kelsey decides he wants to play another year. <laughs> yeah, keep going. I want to expand that thought from Jody, Andrew, because I do think um, – Look, I understand it from the Eagles' perspective. They knew this was coming. I remember talking on the Jacob Sports postgame show at the Super Bowl. I said the most disappointing part of that loss wasn't um, the defense, the poor play of the defense, the James Bradbury hold. I said at the time, I told Seth, look, man, this team ain't going to be back. Uh, the Eagles knew it. They told everybody this was a golden opportunity and they came up just short. That to me was the, the most disappointing part of the Super Bowl loss. The Eagles always had this plan in place. Um, they kind of knew they were going to lose Isaac and, and Cam was going to step in. They knew they were going to lose at least one linebacker. Turns they lost out to Nicobe was going to step in. They knew they were going to lose Javon. Jordan Davis and Milton Williams have to step in, uh, become bigger roles, read blank and ship at safety, on and on and on. This was the plan. Jim Swartz, Jody knows. What's my term, Jody? Startup Beware cost. the startup baby. costs. Startup costs. Yeah. Young players, there's going to be issues. And I think everybody, oh, we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> Isaac, Isaac's just a guy. This TJ's just a guy. No, these were these were really good players. Um, there's going to be some hiccups. They're not going to go five for five, six for six. Do you agree with that? 
Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you're thinking from a realistic standpoint, John. I mean, there, 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 is, there is absolutely. Shame on you, McMullen. <laughs> there is absolutely going to be some growing pains. Uh, we, we just don't know where they're going to be, but there's certainly going to be. Um, you're talking about, uh, you have to, it's very, very, it's very seldom that you see a team with so many different components coming from, you know, C.J. Gardner-Johnson transitioning so seamlessly to the Eagles after being acquired in August. That doesn't happen very often. So I think I would, I would, I would urge fans to be patient as the Eagles look to sort of plug these different pieces in and, and get everybody to play together uh, cohesively. All right. Uh, this is unquestionably Howie season. Uh, I call it that all the time because it's all on the general manager and the player personnel grouping and deciding who is or isn't the guys you want to keep and or go out and pursue. But at some point it's going to become Sirianni season again. They're, they're going to have the roster. They're going to have camps will open up uh, rookie camp and everything else. And Nick had a phenomenal year last year undersold for coach of the year, as far as I was concerned. Uh, but he talks about connectivity all the time and connecting with people and players and the like. You've got a whole lot of connecting to do. As John just noted, this is a major roster turnover. Uh, guys are going to come in from the outside, and rookies are going to be asked to do things, second-year players, never done before. And, oh, by the way, pretty good turnover on the coaching staff. In comparison, massive turnover, because they kept the entire staff in place after year number one going to year two. Is Nick up for this connective task? It sounds cliche, Jody, but I think if there's any coach that could be able to do it, I think it would be Nick Sirianni. Uh, we, that, that's one of his, that's his core value. He talks about it all the time. Now we're going to have to see if it can, you know, we're going to see it in action because there are, you know, I, we didn't even factor in the coaching staff. I mean, there are, there are so many moving parts here um, and, and so little time. I mean, this is, this is not much time to get everybody on the same page, but uh, we all knew this. We all expected that there was going to be turnover and it was going to come fast and furious. Now it's now that it's upon us, you're going to have to see how quickly it all comes together. Uh, at Andrew DeCecco, wait, I gotta I gotta make sure I'm right because you're, you are right. At, at a DeCecco NFL, not that. Follow Andrew on Twitter at Andrew DeCecco. Uh, read him at InsideTheBirds.com. Does a tremendous job. Got over a there. mock draft. Got a mock draft. Mock coming draft out coming up. <laughs> nice. Uh, our buddy Jeff Mosher over there, Adam Kaplan as well. Uh, Andrew does a great job with them. Um, I'll leave you. We got to give Zach Pascal some love because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my uh, Jody's rolling his eyes. Uh, Zach came in. I think he blocked me two days in. <laughs> but, uh-huh. he, but he turned out to be a, a really nice guy. He, he, Look, when you're a wide receiver in this league, the last thing you want to be known for or the last thing about the first thing that wants to come up is your blocking ability. Look, if people say you're a good blocker, um, you're probably not the wide receiver you want to be. However, while I say that, he was a really good blocker. PFF had him number three overall in the NFL. Um Eagles had obviously tremendous success in the running game. It's not an important role, but it's a role. And it was important for this team. And it's not easy to replace. Is that, is that a bigger loss than, than we give it than Jody rolling his eyes? 
I'm, I'm glad you brought up Zach Pascal, John. He was a guy that I, I sought out at the Super Bowl to talk about, write a story about, because a lot of what he did really went unknown, throughout, unseen throughout the weeks. I thought he did a lot of selfless, dirty work to free teammates up, to, for, to you know, create first downs and touchdowns, really good blocking on the perimeter. It wasn't a, wasn't a gaudy job by any means, but he embraced it, and I thought he carried out his assignments more than well and there's they don't have a player on the team that could do that right now so you do want to get listen is he is it going to be replaceable absolutely but you can find uh, I think the Eagles need to find a player that can do that because it, it as we saw it added uh, it added a, uh, an impact to the offense and what he was able to do it didn't necessarily show up in the box score but definitely a loss there all right um, uh, favorite word that both John and I use is jag just a guy. <laughs> yeah. Kaiser White, just a guy. I don't Edwards, agree with just that. Just a though. guy. Uh, Marcus Epps, just a guy. No, you know who's just a guy? Zach Pascal. Uh, if, <laughs> if that's your if that's your ticket in the NFL, you're a blocking wide receiver. Yeah, you, you, you'll, you'll be replaced. It's uh, a luxury, it but it's a luxury you miss once you had it. Uh, and he was a good leader. And he was a good leader on top of that. Yeah. I'd rather have a luxury guy who tackles. Uh, that That's a little more important than blocking at the wide receiver position for me. And there were guys like Kynes Now, you, now who, you know why Unbelievably good us, blocking uh, wide receiver Manson. who could actually make plays and catch the ball and, and add yards in the passing game. He was yeah. such a good blocker. He not only blocked everybody on the field, he blocked me. He's certainly going to block Jody. On yeah, Twitter. Uh, <laughs> uh, not gonna lose any sleep over that one. I could use a nap, but uh it won't be because uh I'm I'm forlorn that Zach Pascal has brock, uh, blocked me. All right, here's uh my last question. We are still months away from the Eagles starting the season. At some point, the most of the free agency, even though the Eagles are leaking information, they're not done at safety, and you guys ran through a couple of guys. None of them jumped. And all the names you threw out, just a guy. Um, but we'll see what else they do. At some point, the contract extension for Jalen Hurts is going to get reignited. And people are going to start to pay attention. And people are going to start to question it. And they're like, just personally, I have an opinion. Be patient, Eagle fans, because this isn't happening anytime soon. Until we actually get someone bidding on Lamar Jackson, Burrow's not going to get done. Herbert's not going to get done. And Jalen just out of the goodness of his heart for the Eagles isn't going to do a deal without something to comp to. So I think you better be ready to hurry up and wait for the Jalen Hurts thing. When do you think? Give me a speculatory time period after the draft. Are we looking into May? Is it going into June? When does it become an issue? Why the hell can't get the Eagles get the Jalen Hurts deal done? And who will feel more the wrath from Eagle Nation? Hurts or the Eagles? Well, the answer to that second part, I think, would be the Eagles. And I think that if I had to guess, I would probably say, I think it's going to be after the draft, Jody, probably May or June. I feel like this one's going to linger a little bit. Post-June 1st. June 1st is a key day in the NFL. Yeah. If you go back to Carson Wentz, he signed June 5th, June 6th, somewhere Mm -hmm. in that range. Um, Post-June 1st would be would be my guess and yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't worry about it if i were an eagles fan. no I, w- I certainly wouldn't worry about it. it's definitely going to get done. but you can you can officially start to worry on june 2nd is what you're telling me Jeff. no it's still going to get done i mean he's not going anywhere um now 
if you start to build up some angst, uh, if he wants to go Lamar Jackson's route, if he wants fully guaranteed money, I, I don't think that's going to happen. That's the only thing you have to worry about. If he wants to set a new, in fact, I saw, I think it, it might've been Mike Florio talking, speculating with his nonsense about, Hey, what if Lamar and Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert get together and say, we're not accepting anything, but fully guaranteed deals. And, you know, I don't know you go down to the marmalade forest next to the gumdrop river, maybe that's <laughs> a possible possibility of happening, but unless something like that happens, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry. About All it, right. Yeah. And see, I, I'm going to come off as being a bad guy here. Cause I really do think this is going to take time. I don't think it's going to be as easy as, Oh, Jalen wants to get a deal done. How he wants to get a deal done. That's nice in, in theory. But then you actually have to get the deal done, which I'm telling you is going to be stickier than most people think. And it will be a heavy conversation here in Philadelphia. Mark my words. Anytime we have Andrew Ducheco on, it's a good conversation. Andrew, appreciate you uh, jumping in with us today. Tell your boys over there at Inside the Eagles, we, Inside the Birds, we said hi. Uh, we'll talk to you again down the road. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Check out Thanks, Inside Andrew. the Birds today. He's got a new mock draft going up. B. John Robinson at number 10? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> By the way, Jody, I don't disagree with you that fans will make a big deal out of Jalen Hurts. I'm just saying they shouldn't. And, and, and a lot of times we comment on the fans. We love our streamers here. Uh, they do a great job. Thank you very much. We got over 600 people streaming in right now. Go ahead, hit that like button if you want to do the right thing by your buds, McDonald and McMullen. Some of you guys are just whack and off the, the, the deep end with your opinions and suggestions. Uh, so you got the, the yin and yang, the good and the bad of it. I'm just saying the volumes can get a little bit loud. Oh, and you know, you're, you're taking calls all the time. Oh, it's going to get loud. I'm not denying that. I'm just saying it's going to be an uneducated loud. It's going to be a not understanding what's going on loud as opposed to any concern over Jalen Hurts and the Eagles uh, getting a long-term deal done. What What if it drags past the opening of camp? What if we're into July? Because I'll uh, and I know we got to get to a break here, and I'll, I'll get there in a second, Xander. Um, I try to come up with a comp guy, and if you want to comp to Hurts, I think you have to be accurate, and you got to do a guy who wasn't drafted in the first round. Because a first-round player is different. They've got the five-year rookie deal. Jalen Hurts was a second-round pick, so he's got the four-year rookie deal. So you need a quarterback who's established himself at the top of the market and is after his third year of his four-year rookie deal. And the best comparison I could come up with off the top of my head, tell me if you've got a better one, please, was Russell Wilson. who was not a day-one pick, not a first-round draft pick. Stepped right in, started, had immediate success, deep into the playoffs with Seattle. They had to get a contract extension with them. They did. You know when I got it done, John? July uh, 31st. It took that far after his third year, before the start of his fourth year, to get the contract extension done with uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, it, right it, before camp. Remember... Everybody doesn't do things the way the Eagles do things. The Eagles tend to do things early. 
um, you know, right before camp is a big time in the NFL. That's when people, you know, people, as silly as it sounds, people go away for vacation and they say, all right, we got to get crap done before camp. And they, and that's an indication to me. Uh, and, and you're right. That's the best comp number one. The problem, what's complicated that, and we'll, we'll talk more about it after the break, is is as complicated everything to Sean Watson. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a big day. Post-June 1st, big day. Right before camp, big time in the NFL. There are certain little pockets where you look for, all right, mm-hmm. this is where stuff's going to happen. But when you talk about the Eagles and other teams, it's difficult to compare because the Eagles – are one of two or three or four teams that always try to get things done early um, where other teams aren't as concerned with that kind of thing. It's just, yeah, it's one of the good, you know, one of the good things. This is a good organization. They generally do things the right way. Doesn't mean they get everything right. And one of the things they do the right way is they try to get deals done as early as possible. And by the way, when I say the right way from their perspective, because the earlier you get deals done, the more money you save in the long term. Joe Banner taught them that. They've never waived, wavered from that. I know people, Joe's a dirty word in this league, but he's really good with finances. He taught them that, and they have continued down that road. All right, but let me play devil's advocate, and it's not a stretch because it's a reality. The Eagles were also a team who always liked to get those core guys done ahead of time and get a contract extension done before they get the free agency and the like until they weren't, which was this year. And we got Howie's reasoning for it that they didn't want to mess with the mojo and the chemistry of the clubhouse, and that's why they've got 10 guys walking out the door. So you can look back on history and say, this is the way the Eagles usually do business. And I think you got to give it its fair amount of credence, but it isn't hard and fast. There, yeah, but there what, are, what happened there, there are exceptions to all rules. And and that, that that's with the exception. And Howie told you part of the truth, but the bigger part of the truth, which I've told you pretty consistently on this show, is they had no stinking leverage. Now, if well, if then, they were who's got the leverage right now, the Eagles or Jalen Hurts? No, I'm talking long term when you're talking about ten players. If they were nine and eight team, they would have got a, extensions done. So there's some good and bad to it. No, they weren't. They they were a hell of a lot better than nine and eight. So it was good they didn't get extensions done, and they made a run towards the Super Bowl. But because they made a run towards the Super Bowl, and everybody and their mother had a career season. They couldn't get extensions done. And now Howie's telling the truth part, as I said, partly. He's telling the truth. He didn't want to single people out. He didn't want to say, oh, I'm going to sign TJ, but I'm not going to sign Kaiser. I'm going to sign uh, Marcus, but I'm not going to sign CJ or vice versa. It's part of it. But the bigger part of it was he didn't have the money to – to, to sign all these guys because they're having these monster seasons. That was the bigger part. Johnny, I don't disagree with you. I think you've got a good read on it. But we're comping that to one specific contract extension that the Eagles kind of need to get done, and that's Jalen Hurts. And if you apply it, who's got better leverage than Jalen Hurts right now? They're making maybe, and I'll take I'll give you a hot take here, see if you agree. 
the biggest one year to next year improvement in a quarterback in the NFL in two years, four years, eight years, ten years. The amount a long of, time. of of step up that Jalen Hurts did is unprecedented. I, I don't remember a quarterback jumping up as much as he did from one year to the next as Jalen Hurts did this past year. Well, if I'll that isn't this. a guy with leverage who a team is going to have a tough time negotiating with, I don't know who is. Well, uh, we got to go to break, so I'll give you this to mull over the break, Jody. What what what's the negative aspect? Where's Jalen going? What 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 what's the the worst case scenario? What's the worst case scenario that could happen to the Eagles and Jalen Hurts? He doesn't have leverage. The Eagles have the franchise tag. They have the extra year on the contract. They have him at the bare minimum for three more years, even if he doesn't want to sign a contract. But didn't we just go through the franchise tag thing that the Eagles don't use the franchise tag? They don't use it. But they, you know, if they do, if they're forced to use it, they would certainly use it at the quarterback position more than safety, for instance. That it's kind of a bigger deal. But here's here's the point, Jody. They're they they want to pay Jalen Hurts. They're willing to pay Jalen Hurts. They're not trying to not- Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Not paying as market value. Uh, They have control over them for a minimum of three years. Last year on the contract, franchise tag, second franchise tag, that third one gets too expensive. Um, He doesn't have as much leverage as you think. Uh, And and that's the NFL system. Okay. But uh, very similar stance to what you just said about they want to, they're willing to, they want to. I believe we heard that with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson this past year and Well, and I said, that's the curveball. Does he want a fully guaranteed deal? That's the curveball. That's up to Jalen Hurts. If he wants a fully guaranteed deal, if Joe Burrow wants a fully guaranteed deal, if Justin Herbert wants a fully guaranteed deal, well, then you could go down the Lamar Jackson road. You still got him for three years, just like Lamar's still with Baltimore. Understood, but uh, I'm just saying there are hurdles that need to be gotten over in this uh, contract extension for the Eagles star quarterback. McMahon and McDonald, uh, we'll come back. Uh, We've got Eddie Kratz joining us in less than 20 minutes. So stay right here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. 
Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find? Or one you get lost in? One that takes you to new heights? Or reminds you to go with the flow? To get your feet wet and your wheels spinning? One that lets you find your own rhythm? Or get carried away? Find the best of yourself. Get lost in the woods. Plan your stay in the Wildwoods today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Johnny Mac and Johnny Mac. Here we go, 365. We appreciate Andrew Jacheco from uh, InsideTheBirds.com uh, jumping in, giving us some thoughts in hour number one. We will appreciate in advance our boy, Special Ed Kratz from Sports Illustrated. You're going to join us now in less than 15 minutes. All right, John, we've talked a lot about um, the safety position with uh, the C.J. Gardner-Johnson um official introduction in Detroit yesterday and all the things that sprung from that. Uh, and the fact that the Eagles signed a safety yesterday, but one that they've already put out uh, info that don't, don't think we're stopping there. There's more safety work to be done. This is a depth signing for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, what I remember uh, Justin Evans and the Gallery reports and the, the the facts that I got on him when he was coming out in the draft had a decent first year with the Bucks, but then got hurt. His cut his career basically got derailed. He's out of football for three years, 
comes back, uh, lands with the Saints, doing replacement things for guys like, oh, I don't know, uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson is who he had to step in for. Eagles are really good at taking ex-safeties yeah. and bringing them to uh, Philadelphia. Played the, the slot as well, like C.J. Played in the slot, played safety, uh, sort of that hybrid the Eagles like. Uh, the mirrored position, as Jonathan Gannon would like to say it. Look, he's talented. You know, you, you mentioned he was a second-round pick, and he was a starter as a rookie, started pretty early. And then he started all 10 games in the second season with Tampa Bay. And then he hurt his toe, uh, pretty significant turf toe injury, um, which derailed his season. And then he was, as he was coming back, uh, he tore his Achilles, and that was the big injury. Um, and essentially, you know, he wasn't out of football. He's rehabbing the whole time. He's with Tampa. Well, I do think it's important. There is a difference. And like if you're on the street and somebody releases you and you're just working out by yourself, he was trying to come back, trying to come back. Obviously it, it didn't work and he didn't get back on the field uh, until this season with the saints. And he played 15 games. He played quite a bit. He was, he was a, I think he started four games. He uh, was a big part of that defense, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I compare it to the Andrew Adams signing a couple of years ago when they brought in Andrew Adams, who's, you know, a veteran player, was with Tampa Bay, came here, got cut very late, went back to Tampa Bay. Um, you know, he might be a part of the team. He might not. We talked about how many times we talked about Chikwaski Tart last year. Uh, this, you know, um, they're not counting on this guy to be a starter. He's going to get the camp. He's going to compete. Maybe he makes the team. Maybe he doesn't. Um, but they need bodies at, at safety. But this is not going to be it. And they want to make that very, very clear. And if that's the case, then they need to stay active in the free agent market and or in the draft. There's only one safety in checking out a bunch of the guys we like in their uh, evaluations and their mock drafts <laughs> and the like. Uh, the branch kid from Alabama seems to be the only player who is looked at as a guy who can go in the top half of the first round. Even if the Eagles picking a 10 were to trade down a little, they still might be able to get branch. But again, a lot of times we like to intimate what the Eagles will do in a draft by what they've done in the draft previously, that B. John Robinson will not be picked at number 10 because the Eagles would never take a running back at number 10. And the Eagles haven't taken a linebacker in the first round since Jerry Robinson in 1979. But then something happens and you can get a potential change. The Eagles have not drafted a safety in the first round forever either. Could that change this year, Johnny Mac? I, I don't think so. I mean, you know, one thing Howie has learned over his time is to not draft for need. Um, is it going to align up uh, to where the safety is the best player on the board? Certainly not at 10. Um, I guess there's an outside chance at 30. I think it's more likely they trade down. Um, I, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I think you're more likely to find a safety a little bit later. Um, and it's a difficult position to play in this defense. 
you know, that's that's my biggest concern. And that's why, you know, Reed Blankenship is a hell of a story. Uh, because again, he played he played well. It's not it's not a large sample size, but it's a small sample size. And I remember last year I loved that kid from Georgia. God, I can't remember his name, but he got hurt. Um Chine, was that the way? Uh Lewis Seen, yeah. Seen, yeah. Um, and he ended up being a first round pick, uh, late, I think it might've been 32 last pick in the first round. Um, he, he, he got hurt as I said. Um, but before he got hurt, um, he was not playing well. He was buried on, on the depth chart of a bad defense. He was in Minnesota. We talked about how bad they were, but the same scheme, the same philosophy, and he was buried behind four safeties that other than Harrison Smith couldn't play. And, and, and the reason was because they put so much on those guys plates early in his career. He might be, he might end up being a great player now that Brian Flores is there. Cause Brian's going to simplify things and uh, take advantage of what he does well, more than, this goofy philosophy that I'm not a fan of. By the way, I hope everyone listens. I'm not a fan of it. Um, that that's the 476 time you said it, John. Yeah. I think 480. Well, they haven't heard it yet. 480 is the charm. When you get to the 480th time, you've said not really a fan of the Vangio system. Yeah. Uh, maybe um, it will sink in. Yeah, maybe it will at some point. So you know, I think he's got a chance to bounce back under Brian Flores, but. Boy, I, I don't like a, a young safety. And I know I'm, I'm contradicting myself because Reed did it. <laughs> An undrafted kid. Lewis Seen couldn't do it, the first-round pick. I I just mean, you know, it, it's got to do more with the cerebral part than the athletic parts. Um, So just putting a really athletic first-round pick in there is not going to necessarily do that much. And I think it's more important if you're going to play this stupid philosophy and they're going to play it, it's more important to get a savvy guy who understands zone coverage and isn't going to make mental mistakes and things like that rather than what your typical nature would be. Go get, go get the athlete, go get the guy you can run for. Doesn't matter if he's going to be in the wrong spot all the time. And Lewis seen kind of put that out uh, last year in the same sort of defensive scheme. Every once in a while, you get the best of both worlds, which the guy is a phenomenal athlete and a really smart player yeah. who can grasp system and do things. Last year, you and I both loved Kyle Hamilton for that very reason, that not only was he a superior athlete, but he was a guy you could, uh, was so, so uh, smart and comprehensive and football IQ tied in, you could plug, plug them into any system. And I believe he would have been a success if he was here in the Fangio system. He had a phenomenal year for uh, the, the Ravens and they could have gone down that road rather than uh, Davis. But uh, I, I'm not killing the Davis pick. I'm just saying, if they'd got Hamilton, they, they might actually – everything else domino effect may have changed the, week, the way the Eagles did business. But if you're just looking at the individual player, I think Hamilton could have come in here and been real good. And they could Well, have you know how much I loved Hamilton last year. And, and again, you know, but one of the – we'll go to 478 now. One of the reasons I don't like this philosophy is they don't want a player like Kyle Hamilton. 
They don't want a player. They want a they want a they want a post safety. They want somebody to play center field. They don't want somebody to move around like Malcolm Jenkins and Kyle Hamilton can do early in his career and be that chess piece. See, I want the chess piece. I want, in the best case, and I'll go back to Harrison Smith again, who maybe is the best chess piece of the generation defensively, can do everything. Now he's 34, not anymore, but in his prime of his career. Nope, they just put him back in center field. Like like dummies, the the big Pangio philosophy. I don't like it. That's what the Eagles would have done with Kyle Hamilton, and it wouldn't have worked, Jody. It wouldn't See, have worked. Yeah, here's here's where you and I separate on this. I didn't even put Kyle Hamilton in Eagle system. He's great. He might not be the perfect guy to fit what you're looking for in a Pangio. But I think he'd be damn close. And, oh, by the way, he could give you all that other stuff which you might not think of as a key element of being able to play the position. I thought the player was that good that you could plug him into any system and he could be outstanding. Well, you're probably right. You know, there are certain guys. But it doesn't mean just because he's good and he's smart and he's not the best coverage guy. He's a damn good coverage guy. And if that's what the Eagles are emphasizing in this role, in this defense – Okay, fine. I think he's going to be outstanding in it. Might not be as good as C.J. Gardner-Johnson, but then you get the benefit of everything else that he does. Uh, I think that's a a foolish way to build a roster. If you're going to so hammer a positional uh, need home for the way to be able to play. That's 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 dumb. You're right about certain players are going to overcome any scheme or any philosophy, and maybe he's that type of player. Um but I, but I don't think you would have seen the apex of them in this philosophy. Is how I would describe it, and uh, it's one of the reasons I don't like it. It's one of because it is too stringent. It is too, um, you know. It, it, we talked we talked about it all offensively all the time. The Eagles took advantage of of, of what they had in Jalen Hurts and changed their whole philosophy to fit the skill set of Jalen Hurts, which I think is the definition of good coaching. Um, defensively, nope, they run right. this damn scheme. Bick runs this damn scheme. Sean's going to run this damn scheme. And, you know, I know people in this league that swear by it, and they know more about football than I do. But, man, I see it ruin so many good young players who are athletic and – can do a lot of different things, but I, yeah, 479. I don't like it, Jody. Different, I don't like it. Different uh, ways to look at things between offense and defense. If you want to tell your system that your quarterback strengths, you're being smart. That's exactly what you should do. If you're going to tailor your defense or, or make a decision on a player at the safety position, because he does it doesn't fit the system. Well, then I think you got to have some flexibility in your system. It's time for you to reevaluate your system that it's so hard and fast that you can't take an uber talented player. Hey, there's people as good in the system. That one of my be- one of my biggest criticisms of, of Chip Kelly when he got here, and I now say Chip in a lot of ways was uh, years ahead of his time. But one of my big, biggest criticisms, and I still stand by it. 
is he did he he didn't he never wanted a quarterback like Tom Brady or Peyton Manning who could run things at the line of scrimmage, who could do things by themselves. And that to me, like if you don't want Tom Brady or, or, or Peyton Manning, all right, conversation stops. I don't want any part of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing on, on the defensive side of the ball. Well, you could say don't build around the safety. Well, for the most part, you're you're right. But if you get that one in a million safety, you get Ronnie Lott, yeah, could feel free, build around him. Uh, build build around him. Um, defensively, if you get Lawrence Taylor, if you get Reggie White, yeah, build around him. Could be a linebacker. If you get Bobby Wagner in the prime of his career at, at a devalued position, uh, no doubt about it, first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, feel free to, to accentuate his strengths. Don't give me this bullshit same Fucking cookie cutter, 13 teams. Sorry, I'm cursing, but I'm allowed on YouTube. Yes, you are. Uh, there's 480. I tried to get to 480. Um, here's the uh, key for me for Chip Kelly. He was just an obnoxious jerk. He had some really good, ahead of his time, bright ideas. There are teams that are still tapping into Chip Kelly and the way he does things on the NFL level. He just came off as such a brash idiot and a jerk and a know-it-all that he wasn't going to last in the uh, NFL. All right, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Quickie timeout. We get the the break ahead of time, seeing as we were late earlier. Uh, Eddie Kratz is scheduled to join us next. Hopefully we get up in the green room and then here on the air with us on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, We got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. 
Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We got Johnny Mac and Jody Mac, and we've got Ed Kratz with us. So it's good to get Eddie K in the mix. Uh, Ed, I've been checking out your stuff at uh, Sports Illustrated. It's an ongoing process. We continue to do it. I did it last night on WIP till the wee hours of the morning, grading Howie Roseman. It's week one of the off season, and oh by the way, it's kind of like the Kentucky Derby. I'll use my uh, horse racing degenerate status to help make a point. Um, <laughs> It's a mile and a quarter race. None of the horses have ever gone that before, uh, that distance before. But don't kid yourself. Those first 200 yards are key because it's 20 horses out of the gate. You need to be in position. If you get blocked and drop back, you got to loop the entire field. You can absolutely lose the race in the first 200 yards of the Kentucky Derby, even though it's a mile and a quarter race. So those first couple of days slash now full week, can be key. Oh, we got a lot to go. I'm not dismissing the rest of the offseason, but you can or can't lose the free agency offseason in the first week. How you grade out Howie Roseman, A plus to F for the first eight days of free agency? Yeah, I, I think he's put himself in a pretty good position. If you're going to use the Kentucky Derby analogy, that first 200 yards, um, you know, he came out of the gate and signed Brandon, uh, Brandon Graham and uh, Jason Kelsey decided to return for another year. Those to me are two big gets, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, he brought back his secondary, James Bradbury, uh, Darius Slay. Uh, I, I'd give Howie at this point, I, I'd probably give him a B plus um, as we head into the quarter pole or whatever. <laughs> I'm not That's a good familiar. one. Yes, exactly yeah. right, Ed Cratch. Yeah. You non-horse racing player knows the terminology. <laughs> I'm impressed. Uh, yeah, I, but I'd give him a, a B plus and, I, and maybe maybe a B even, maybe not that plus. I mean, I don't – I'm not really in love with the Slay deal. Um, you know, really? What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. you got to explain that. Why don't well, you like – well, I, I, uh, Now, I think you're going to be in love with it when you see it, Ed. Um, well, that's the key. We haven't seen it yet. Right. Uh, we have to see it. Um, and I haven't seen it. And all the reports are that it's a three year deal, which, yeah, it's not. you know, unless you can get out of that on the last year. Yeah. There you uh, go. I think uh, that I'm this is my prediction, Ed. This is my prediction. Not only can they get out of it in the last year, my prediction is they will be able to get out of it next year if they want with very minimal impact. We'll see. Right. Uh, there's possibility. We haven't seen it yet. My guess is they guaranteed his money this year, which was 17 and a half million. They're going to put like a roster bonus third day of the new league year, $5 million. And that's the guaranteed money, but they can also turn it down if they want to. In other words, if he has a down year, they'll say, all right, thanks for the memories. 
Uh, we're not going to pay this roster bonus. You become a free agent. That's my guess. If that happens, that's pretty good, right? If it happens, sure. But until we see it, I'm going yeah. with a B. And, you know, maybe that could rise to a B plus or an A minus once we see that deal. But until we see it, I- I'm going to go B with just Slay. I mean, when you look at, you know, maybe you had a chance at Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, depending on, you know, uh, what they offered him early on. I mean, I'd rather have a 25-year-old safety coming back than a 32-year-old cornerback, if that's what it came down to, if you're if you're talking about money. Um, so, you know, right there is kind of why it's not an A-2, minus because of letting Chauncey go. And, and, you know, who knows if he wanted to come back, who knows what the Eagles' offer uh, was to him initially. You know, his agent came out and and talked about it on Twitter yesterday. But uh, you hate to lose a 25-year-old safety no matter what you think of him as a, a person or whatever the the, feel, the feeling towards him was. Um, 25- I don't know who to believe. I mean, uh, uh, Jeff McLean uh, wrote a piece evidently this morning. Uh, we all know how good Jeff is. Um, team viewed him as a risk if he signed a multi-year deal. Well, then, you know, did they offer him a multi-year deal? The risk being that Gardner-Johnson could be affected by the millions of dollars uh, he would be being paid. Um, You know, more questions about an initial friction by Eagles leaders, internal support that got him to buy in. But in other words, he was high maintenance, which I think is fair to say. I think we all know that. He's a high maintenance guy. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where do you think the Eagles wanted CJ back? Do you think they because it's pretty clear to me they wanted him back, but they wanted him back at a cost effective price from their standpoint, which was about eight million a year. Um, yeah, but John, let me ask you this both you guys. Uh, again, uh, I'm working off Jim Trotter yesterday, I saw him on the NFL network. He said that they brought C.J. C.J. Gardner brought the offer back to the Eagles, and said one year eight million six and a half million guaranteed. You guys match. I'd prefer to be back here in Philadelphia. And they said that. Thank you. No, um, I'm sure they would have liked to had him have him under a eight million dollar per year contract with a lot more flexibility built into it. Don't know if they were hoping to be as flexible as was reported by C.J. Gardner Johnson's agency. That seventeen of twenty-four million were in the final year of the deal. That doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. But uh, did the Eagles miss out if the reporting is accurate on not just saying, "Okay, yeah, we'll take you for one year at eight million dollars, and we'll do we have to do renegotiating other contracts to clear that kind of cap." They might not have that space now, but should they have worked to do that if they had the chance to match it? I I think so. Yeah. I mean, that to me is is a bargain. If you're only going to get one year, uh, you're not locked into him past that, obviously. So, yeah, I I don't know. Something must have happened between the time they made that initial offer to him, allegedly, and in in the early part of free agency. And then, uh, you know, almost a week later when he took that one year from the Lions. I don't I don't know what it is, if it's uh, they just decided to go in a different direction for whatever reason. But, yeah, if that's the case, I, I certainly would have. Uh, jumped and, and given him that one year, six and a half million, eight million, whatever it was, to to come back for a year again. Twenty five years old, big playmaker. And I think John, you, I think I saw you tweet this out that 
Pro Football Focus had him only ranked, I think, is what, the 49th? 49th, yeah. Best 49th. defensive back, was it? Uh, it uh, safety. Best safety. Safety, yeah. I mean, look. He had well, and that's, you know, another thing in Jeff's report, uh, occasionally prone to mental errors, missed tackles. Um, do you know, and you bring up the PFF grade. Um, did we just overrate Chauncey because of the interceptions? Because remember, Ed, it, it's not only the Eagles. You can say the Eagles disrespected him if you like CJ. There's 31 other teams, and they weren't banging down his door to sign him to a big money deal. Did we just all overrate this particular player because of the splash plays, the interceptions, which – Look, part of that had to do with the 70-sack pass rush. I mean, there are other avenues that allow somebody like that to make plays. Yeah. I, you know, we, we had the up-close look at him for 17 games plus, and, uh, yeah, we maybe we did overrate him just because of those, those numbers. But, listen, those numbers are what they are, and if you're going to be out of position or miss tackles, you're, you're making up for it in other areas. You're turning the ball over. You, you know, you think back to that game, I think it was in Houston – when it was uh, tied at halftime and, you know, you're playing the Texans who had one or two wins at the time. And, and Chauncey made a big interception with the, te- with the Texans on the march in the second uh, half there uh, and gave the Eagles the ball back and they went down, scored and, you know, took over the game from there, but that was a huge pick. So, you know, be that as it may, if he's deficient in other areas, he's still making plays and, you know, six picks is a lot of picks when you only play 12 and, games and 12 games, right? Led the league and in interceptions missed five games. Exactly. Um, and, but then the flip side of that is the Eagles still did pretty well in those games that he missed. I mean, it wasn't like they were really missing him that badly. So um, yeah, I, I think losing Chauncey Gardner Johnson, no matter how it happened is a mistake and it, and it could potentially hurt the Eagles down the line. Now they have two availabilities at, at safety after losing Epps and now Gardner Johnson. Here's where I would question whose whose report were you just reading, John? Uh, Jeff McLean's. Jeff McLean. Um, and just give me a couple of quick highlights that aren't necessarily uh, complimentary to the player. Uh, occasionally prone to mental errors or missed tackles, initial friction, uh, uh, Eagles e- uh, leaders, internal support got him to buy. Into the program in a contract year, we, you know, Marcus Hayes talked about Denard Wilson's responsibility. Um, the team viewed him. This is the key. The team, which doesn't make a lot of sense if they offered him anything, but the team viewed him as a risk if he signed a multi-year deal. The risk being that Gardner Johnson could be affected by the millions of dollars he was. All right. Uh, see, here's where I appreciate Marcus's uh, report. His was out there before uh, the contract was done. Marcus was saying what he was saying when he was still a free agent and could have either resigned or gone elsewhere. Uh, Jeff McClain's writing this after the Eagles decide that they're not going to make a play for the guy. After it's been reported that they offered him a three-year contract, but they think that a multi-year contract could be a risk. Oh, except they offered a multi-year contract. So which one is it? Uh, If you're going to air dirty laundry, Better to do it in advance than after the fact because it comes off just looking like you're making excuses as to why the player is no longer part of your organization. Yeah, it's a little bit contradictory. If they did offer the three-year deal, uh, which I, I think is they did, um, so 
there's a lot of question marks, but you know, what I reported on this show before was that uh, they weren't going near the Marcus Williams money. That, the Eagles wanted Marcus true. Williams yep. last year, and they bowed out. He, he ended up getting $12 million, but I was told pretty early they thought Marcus was a better player. They weren't going that high. Um, and that was when people were talking about the franchise tag, which is 14.46, and I said, no, no way is that going to be put on Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. But I, but not in a million years would I have thought he'd get one year six and a half million. Remember, it's not eight million. It could be eight million. He got one year six and a half million. And get this, Ed, Marcus Epps got more guaranteed money than CJ Gardner Johnson. Who had that on their bingo card? <laughs> yeah, that that's uh, tough to tough to figure there. Um, but you know, as I did a, I talked to Chauncey a couple of days before the Super Bowl. And I talked to Denard Wilson and I wrote about Chauncey Gardner kind of maturing when he came here to Philadelphia. And Denard Wilson painted a picture of Gardner Johnson who came to town really just all about himself. You know, he, he just wanted to go out and make plays and, you know, didn't care as much about the team. And Denard Wilson said he sat him down and had a long talk with him about how he has to, you know, be more team oriented and it took Gardner Johnson, and he even said this about a month before that kind of clicked. Um, so, you know, maybe right there is a little bit of a concern that, you know, he's all about himself and now he's on this one-year deal. And is he going to freelance to try to put up numbers and at the, uh, you know, potential harm of the team overall? I mean, maybe. Um, but he talked about his maturation here. And he talked about Marcus Epps was a big hand in helping uh, him kind of see the light, so to speak. And, he talked about how he's learned in Philadelphia. He learned how to get along better with his teammates, how he learned to interact better with his teammates. So that sounded like that might've been a problem is him in the locker room, not really getting along too well with his teammates or just kind of being aloof from his teammates, but he learned how to do that. So, you know, those are all kind of little indicators to me that, yeah, those are some issues that maybe the Eagles are concerned about, you know, Epps is no longer here. He left before Gardner Johnson and, and those two were pretty tight according to Gardner Johnson. So, you know, those were some concerns that they had. Denard Wilson is no longer here. Um, you know, so some of that support stuff isn't in place for Gardner Johnson anymore. So maybe that's kind of what changed a little bit in their thinking. All right, Eddie Kratz, how can the Eagles possibly fill the void of blocking wide receiver that is left by the <laughs> removal of Zach Pascal from the roster of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, didn't they use Jalen Rager to block at, at times too? Wasn't Rager a JJ? Pretty... That was JJ. JJ, I said You can find another wide receiver who can block Eddie Kratz. <laughs> I, I'm not losing. No, but JJ over. never played. Zach played. I I will say, and I joke around and we smile. But Zach played 400 reps last year, so he played quite a bit, like way more than J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. And he really is a good blocker. So it's like a luxury. You know, most teams don't have it. I, we just talked, PFF had him as the third best blocker amongst receivers in the NFL. It's, it's nice when you have, and you're not going to have that. So, I mean, yeah, it's not going to matter much. You're probably going to forget about it. Nobody's paying attention. But I remember that inter that that uh, touchdown he had against Pittsburgh 
Like everybody jumped the route because they thought Zach was going to block, and all of a sudden he runs a route and he's wide open. I don't know. It's a little bit. It it he really was a, a nice part of this team in a small role, and I I think that deserves to be mentioned a little bit. Yeah. I, listen, if you're a receiver, you want to catch the ball. You don't want to go out there and block every play. So it takes someone who's able to kind of push their ego aside a little bit and say, okay, I'll do my role, whatever that is. If it's blocking uh, in the run game, then then that's what I'm going to do. And he, he played 400 snaps. And how many catches did he have? Like 15, 15. maybe? Yeah. yeah. 15. I mean, so he knew his role. He didn't mind doing that role. And, and those types of guys can be hard to find. Now, you know, maybe Britton Covey can block a little bit. Maybe he's going to be able to field. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Poor Britton. He's already crashed us test dummy. He's not blocking yeah. anybody. Yeah. I, I don't know who, who's going to be your, your blocking receiver now. Uh, but I think on, you know, on the list of priorities, that's probably, you know, down outside the top five. Yeah. But when you have an RPO zone read offense, it's, it's more important for the Eagles than it is for a lot of other teams, I would say. Uh, because yeah. of their style of offense. AJ Brown blocks, Devontae Smith blocks. Those no, guys not are like this to guy. Not okay. like this guy. So, somehow I think the Eagles are going to be able to find someone who will do what he did easier than they're going to find someone to get. How many tackles did uh, TJ Edwards have this year? 150 something? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, they should have kept TJ. I'm on, I'm on board. Uh, that to me is, uh, that's appalling that they didn't keep TJ at that. That's number. a mu- much bigger concern as to how are you going to replace this going forward? TJ Edwards tackles as compared to uh, Zach Pascal's blocks. I, yeah. I, I think they'll be able to find a uh, facsimile. for. Well, the- once the quarterback of the defense, the leader of the defense who played, you know, 92% of the snaps, uh, the other guy's a role player. Um, yeah. I'm on board. I, I think the Eagles are too slavish to this valuation of positions. Um, look, I get it. You don't want to pay off all linebackers a lot. You don't want to pay running backs a lot. But somebody's got to play. And we've been through it, the Eric Wilsons of the world and the Corey Nelsons of the world and the Nate Garys of the world. The Eagles finally got a middle linebacker and they said, see you for six and a half million dollars. Yeah. You wonder too how much of that TJ wanted to go back to Chicago and play for his hometown team, kind of like Hassan Reddick did last year when he wanted to come back to play for the Eagles. Um, you know, you wonder if TJ really wanted to go play in Chicago and maybe the Eagles would have matched that number, maybe given him a little more, but TJ's like, you know, I just want to go back to Chicago and play for the Bears. I mean, we. You know, we haven't talked to TJ. We don't know what his thoughts are on that, but certainly that had to play a role in his decision, I think. Yeah, but Kaiser White wanted to come home and play for the Eagles, and he did yes. until the Eagles didn't want to pay him. And then he wanted to go somewhere else and go with his bud, Jonathan Gannon, all the way on the other side of the country. They he just uh, yep. left his hometown team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, He's the guy I probably would have signed. I mean, two years, 11 million, is that what he got in Arizona? Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. you know, to me, that's the guy. I mean, he was the second leading tackler. He had 110 tackles, I think. I mean, their top three tacklers are gone. Edwards, White, and Epps. They were your top three tacklers, and, and now you don't have them anymore. You know, you hope that Kobe Dean can do it. You hope that, you know, he can put up over 100 tackles. Um, but after that, who, who do you have? What are you going to do? I mean, is Bobby Wagner going to come walking through that door? 
on a one-year $10 million deal. That'd be deal. nice. That'd it, be it nice. Would be I nice. wouldn't Devontae be complaining. David, 33 years old, is he going to be the guy? Those guys aren't going to come any cheaper than TJ Edwards would have. Um, but you need somebody, and you can't just go into the draft and pick somebody in the fourth round or the third round or wherever you're going to pick somebody. Is Davion Taylor going to be able to step up uh, into a role after being on the practice squad last year? A guy that every time he seems to be taking a step forward gets hurt. Uh, so is he going to be the guy? I mean, maybe Elliott's got the key to Davion Taylor. Maybe the new linebackers coach uh, he had Maybe. in Colorado. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you, you need, you, Jody's right. You need somebody to come in and play. And, you know, I'm not sure you want to go draft a guy and someone in the second round and make him your starter next in the Kobe Dean. Then you're really young at that spot. Not to mention you still have Reed Blankenship, a second-year player on the back yeah. end, and whoever else that they land at that position. So, uh, they need, I think, a veteran to come in at the linebacker spot. And, you know, they're going to have to find one and hope maybe it, it is Wagner or David or whoever else you like at that linebacker. I thought David Long would have been a good fit. He went to Miami uh, for the, to the Dolphins on a pretty cheap deal. So I don't, I don't know what they're going to do at the linebacker spot. But we know, John, like you said, they don't value it. I doubt they're going to draft one you know, on the first day for sure, maybe not even the second day. Uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what yeah, happens. Yeah, by the way, for N'Kobe Dean fans, and Jody is obviously one of them, enjoy yeah. him while he's here because they're not paying him on that second deal. <laughs> um, so enjoy it while you can. Uh, got, got three years of N'Kobe uh, after uh, getting through his rookie season before yeah. he yeah. hits the open market. Uh, but then again, we have seen Howie in years other than his past year Get an extension done ahead of time. We'll see if Nicobe falls into that category. I right, uh, key question, Eddie Kratz. When B. John Robinson is scoring touchdowns for the Philadelphia Eagles this year, <laughs> will this be seen at Lincoln Financial Field? Will they, uh, as an homage to his college days down in Austin, Texas, will this become a sign scene here in Philadelphia when B. John crosses the goal line for the Eagles? Listen, if, if he is in Philadelphia and he's scoring touchdowns, which he will do if he's in Philadelphia, I, he needs something different. I don't think you can go back to your college days. Turn the page. Gotta wipe man. that out, huh? Yeah. yeah come Even back if he asks for it, says, listen, this, this motivates me. This gets me going. You guys got to give this to me when I get the touchdown. Sorry, that's a Texas thing. Well, I mean, listen, you can he can do whatever he wants. If you're, Howie Roseman's not going to tell him what to do. But if I'm Bijan, I'm like, I'm endearing myself to Eagles fans. This is who's, you know, I'm playing for now. And I'm going to start learning how to flap my arms like an eagle, you know, when you see guys well, you, score the touchdown. Flat, they start you doing this. Way, you, you know, they're moving pretty good. That's kind of eagle-like, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe with a flashlight. Maybe it's one of those hand things you do with the flashlight, you know, and you can make those hand motions and – Bijan puts uh, puts one picture up on Instagram, and everybody forgets about the great Rashawn Penny. What happened to the great Rashawn Penny? And oh, he's going to be phenomenal behind this offensive line, and he averages six point one yards per carry. But in all seriousness, they signed Rashad Penny, Greedy Williams, uh, second round pick in Cleveland, uh, injury prone. Rashawn, obviously, first-round pick, injury-prone. Now Justin Evans, second-round pick, injury-prone. All at uh, one-year, very cost-effective deals. Any of those guys excite you with their potential? 
Well, I think Penny does for sure. I mean, but again, it's the whole injury thing. I know he said that he wants a refresh or a restart to his career, like maybe a dozen times during his intro press conference. And uh, to me, it is tantalizing. If he can play 17 games, um, yeah, he's going to be a thousand yard guy. I mean, he's a big, strong. Oh, he's huge. He, he's you huge. weren't there, Ed. He's got a neck like you wouldn't believe he looks like a linebacker he might play linebacker i think that's a bad thing i think because he's as big as he is because he's as strong as he is he's ready willing and able to just plow it up in there into the middle and that's how he ends up getting hurt every single year he's got trackman speed that if he broke it outside a little bit more he could make a little bit more of those uh uh stretch plays and what's the word i'm looking for john uh the Explosive plays? No, the Eagles don't want to give them up. Uh, X plays? What kind? X plays. No, Explosive what plays. What the yeah. hell am I thinking mm. of? There's a specific word to describe it. No, and that's what they say. There's I'm not coming things. up with it. And the gone. turnover uh, the turnover ratio and uh, uh, when the explosive play battle. Explosive. Okay, maybe it was explosive. Um, yeah, he, I, it scares me a little bit. So it must not have been you, Eddie Kratz. I thought it might have been because I couldn't remember exactly who it was. Um, a guy who I think the Eagles would have been better advised signing than Rashad Penny, if you're going to let uh, Miles Sanders walk out the door, would have been Deontay Foreman. We had a really nice year in Carolina after uh, CM uh, got traded out to uh, San Francisco. Um, more of a given, not as much of an injury risk as Rashad Penny. Penny got 1.3 with incentives, get to two. Deontay Foreman got three. Who would you rather have under those two deals? Roll the dice with Rashad Penny could crap out or you could hit big time uh the snake eyes and and score at big odds or would you rather have more of a uh proven guy and a little bit less risk in a guy like Deontay Foreman that you have to pay one million dollars more to which really right. isn't that much but you know if you're looking at it from Roseman's point of view you know every million dollars that you have left to spend could help um and I don't think he's done adding I think he'll continue to add somebody at that spot. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I guess, well, you know, I don't know who I'd rather have, to be honest. I, I think Penny was a good pickup, low risk, okay. high reward um, type player. Yeah, Foreman is healthier history. Um, but, you know, you're rolling the dice on Penny and you're not paying that extra million dollars. And, you know, it is exciting to see what he could be if he stays healthy. Um, and, you know, the Eagles like to manage their guys. You know how they run their camps, their training yeah. camp practices and their practices. Maybe they feel like, yeah, we can get him through a season with a day off every week like we give our veterans, um, you know, scaled back practices, which Jason Kelsey saved, said has probably added a year or two to his career. Um, so, you know, that's probably what they're thinking is, yeah, we can get him to the finish line um, because of the way we run our, our business here. Boy, that uh, that's interesting, Ed. So I'll end it uh, there with you at Kratz E on Twitter. Make sure you follow Ed SI.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. Read them there. Are the Eagles too? I don't want to say they have a little bit too much hubris with with these injuries because, you know, I just mentioned them. Um, Rashad Penny, his history. Greedy Williams, his history. He's going to get introduced today, by the way. Um, now Justin Evans, his history. Um, 
do they think they're better than everybody else when it comes to managing injuries? And they had a great season this year, and they stayed relatively healthy. Is that, you know, do they discount the word luck? We, we all know football coaches don't like using that word, but when it comes to injuries, that's part of it. You got to have a little bit of luck. Do they think they control it a little bit too much? It wasn't that long ago when we were saying that the Eagles were too injured. They always had injuries. And then, they, yeah. you know, they changed, tra- you know, medical staffs and training staffs. You know, they went through a couple different of different ones each year. So, I don't know. Now we've seen it swing the other way. I don't know if you can ever be fully confident in that. You can't legislate against injuries. If they're going to happen, they're going to happen. I think they think, listen, we signed these three guys with this injury history. If we can bat a thousand with those three guys and we can get them through 17, then that's great. But I think you're hoping to hit, you know, at least 333 and get in the Hall of Fame. You hope one of those guys hits and plays all 17. Which one will it be? I don't know, Uh, you know, but I think that's kind of what they think is, listen, if we the more guys we throw at it who have this injury history, maybe we'll hit with one of them. And that's all we need. All right. Well, then I'm going to hold both of your feet to the fire under over games played Rashad Penny this year. The number is nine under (laughs) over push. And that's basically what he's averaged his entire career is about nine games a year. He's never played more than 10 his whole career for when he come in in 18. He played so. 14 his first year. Oh, he did play 14. Yeah. So I'm going over. I'm going over. I'll probably even go over 14. I think he's going to Over 14? Are you 14. nuts? Mark it down. Mark it down. March 21st, first no. day of spring. Maybe I'm going. Was, I, I'm, I got to write going. this down. Kratz, <laughs> Kratz must have done some crack for breakfast. Yeah. I'm going Thank under uh, because B. John Robinson's going to be here. And they don't need him. He's going to get cut. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's right. If he doesn't make the roster and he's only got what, like 500 and change guaranteed? Yeah. They can absolutely. Oh, they can move on. 600 grand. Yeah, they 600, can move on. 600, yeah. Yeah. That would okay. be okay. Well, maybe he'll play four over fourteen for another team. No, 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 no! I didn't ask you about the Eagles. Okay. I asked you about the Philadelphia Eagles, Ed Crash. Ah, okay. Well, I'll still stick with my guns there. I and I do think there's a chance they draft Bijan. I don't know, but um, well, there's yeah. definitely not. You're definitely not winning if they draft Bijan. No, no, that. you're right about that. But uh, right now, like I said, first day of spring. Second day of spring, whatever it is, I'm going over 14. I'm, I'm nice. Shatter optimism. That optimism. Eagle They're going to hire you. Eagle fans to be in that uh, medical department just for your optimism. <laughs> he is uh, Mr. Glass, and not only half full, it's three quarter full. Oh, it's spilling over with a 17 game season out of Rashad Petty. Well, hey, Jody, just write that number down right next to Sam Howe. I, I, I got it right. <laughs> just write it down there right next to my Sam Howe pick of being a, an NFL starting quarterback. Yeah, I, I'll set the number. Same thing, nine games. Sam Howe start nine games this year? Over. Oh, you, you are <laughs> way too optimistic. All right, Eddie K., always a pleasure, brother. Appreciate it. You know, we'll get you back up in a couple of weeks. Yep. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Ed. Uh, Ed Kratz feeling his oats today on uh, over fourteen. Now, come on, nine is a good number. Um, nine is the fair number. That's what he's averaged for his career. You take his five years in Seattle, eight and change per games per year. Boy, even if he's here, I can't go over fourteen. I'm going to go over nine, though. I think they'll. I think you know that, is, you got to include the John McMullen as well pointed out possibility of. He's released. 
And then he's yeah, a goose well, egg for the Eagles. I think the Eagles are going to draft a running back, not B. John Robinson. I, I think they're going to draft a running back in on day three. Um, it's a very deep running back draft. I know they don't have any picks yet, but they will. Be patient, just like with Howie. Um, they they will add some picks in the fourth, babe, somewhere sixth round. Which they Fair don't enough. Have. If they add a pick, a running back picked, and they've already got three running backs on the board, um, we know Trey Sermon would probably be the odd man out. Who is the running back most likely to be on that inactive list that you get every single Sunday when you're at the stadium? Um, the rookie guy? The rookie. The, fourth the rookie. Yeah, the rookie. Uh, you know, as long as they'll give Rashawn opportunity, you know, at least early in the season. Then if he starts failing or not succeeding, which to be honest, if he's healthy, I think he's going to succeed behind this offensive line. So, yeah, so do I. But I, 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 don't, I, just... I don't think I don't think there's going to be much of an issue with that. Um, I think, just as I say with the term luck, I think he's due for some good luck. So I'm going over nine. I think he's due. Um, still a young guy. Uh, I think he's due for some good luck. But I can't go over 14. Boy, that's a big number. Eddie Kratz, Mr. Optimist. All right, McMullen and McDonald, you know what we got to do. Come back, put a bow in the show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find? Or one you get lost in? One that takes you to new heights? Or reminds you to go with the flow? To get your feet wet and your wheels spinning? One that lets you find your own rhythm? Or get carried away? Find the best of yourself. Get lost in the woods. Plan your stay in the wild woods today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. 
a personal injury from someone else's negligence, turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. John, 22 hours from now, don't know if anything's going to happen significant in the Eagle atmosphere. Yet a couple of pro days out there today, Auburn and USC. Eagles have been known to draft USC guys before. Do you know who their West Coast scout is, their main West Coast scout? Who do you think is going to be in attendance at USC's pro day? Oh, I, uh, I don't know offhand. I can yeah, look it up. Do I. Um they they move those guys around so much. Uh, the area scouts. Uh, Ryan Myers is their West Coast uh, scout. All right, Ryan, see if you can unearth something out there in the uh, West Coast. Uh, USC was a pretty good team this year. That that quarterback's going to go high next year, as in number one overall pick in the draft. Yeah, uh, the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, <laughs> He, he's just going to need to show up and uh, smile and wave and shake hands. Oh, and actually, uh, Ryan got a promotion to assistant director of college scouting. So he had been the West Coast scout. So who knows? Uh, okay. They, they move those guys around a lot. Understood. I was just wondering. And then tomorrow, huge, huge pro day that the Eagles better be in attendance for Temple. Because of all the yeah, they'll, they'll be in attendance. Yeah, they'll be in attendance. Yeah, you don't have to get on a plane to go see that one. All you got to do is get in your car and drive up to North Ford Street yeah. for that one. So. Be careful. Yeah, though, you know. Uh, 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 be, uh, hey, that that's my daughter's alma mater. I know. We, we, I know. We, I, I know. Read, I read the news. I'm saying too. everybody. TV. I'm saying everybody. Be they careful. will be doing the pro day in the middle of the day. It won't be night, so you should be just fine. Um, all right, uh, J-Mac, I say we do this again tomorrow. You good? Uh, let's do it day to day, but let's do it. McMullen will be back. McDonald will be back, which means Mac and Mac, Birds 365 and 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.